Hi guys, I'm Marie. Today we are going to talk about a man who took a fortune of gold and trinkets and valuables and he put them into a treasure chest and left clues for people to go and find it. Now, you guys know that I have a slight obsession with finding in Israel Keys bucket or a bag of money in the woods. I don't think that's unreasonable, <laughs> even though a lot of you have made fun of me for it. And if I had heard about Forrest Fenn and his buried treasure years and years ago, I might have been one of the crazy explorers out there looking for it. This buried treasure, I mean, technically it wasn't buried, but this treasure would drive people to extremes who would put themselves in harm's way, fighting to the death and racing against time. So we have come a long way from pirates sailing the seas. We have GPS, we have a stronger understanding of the world, along with well-designed maps and technology that help us navigate in a way that they couldn't. But even though we're not pirates, that draw to hunt for buried treasure still exists in us today. Now, in 2010, Forrest Fenn wrote a book titled The Thrill of the Chase, which was a memoir of short stories about his life. Within the book, there was a poem with clues that would lead to his buried treasure. Yes, like I said, a real buried treasure that would be worth between one and two million dollars. Like he literally leaves a trunk full of treasure out in the woods for people to go and find. So the poem that has the clues to the treasure reads, As I have gone alone in there, and with my treasures bold, I can keep my secrets where a hint of riches new and old Begin it where warm waters halt and take it to the canyon down, not far, but too far to walk. Put him below the home of Brown. When there is no place for the meek, the end is drawing ever nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. If you've been wise and found the blaze, Look quickly down your quest to cease. But tarry scant with marvel gaze, just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? The answer I already know. I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So hear me all and listen good. Your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood... I give you title to the gold. So this poem, if decoded, would lead the reader to the chest of buried treasure. Now, this poem was said to have led over 300,000 people on the treasure hunt of a lifetime. And for some the end of their life. This treasure hunt all started with Forrest Burke Fenn, 
And to understand his motives, you must first understand the man. Forrest was born in Temple, Texas on August 22 of 1930. At a young age, Forrest realized that he could have been better with school, but instead was drawn to the outdoors and the call of adventure. That call would lead him to join the Air Force and become a highly decorated pilot. Forrest reached major ranking and was awarded the Silver Star. He was a pilot throughout the time of the Vietnam War, and during that time when he flew 328 combat missions in 365 days. That's a lot. He would be shot out of the sky and was forced to survive in the Laos jungle. After his time in the Air Force, he would find himself residing in New Mexico, where Forrest would open an art gallery with a friend named Rex Aerosmith. They would name the gallery Aerosmith Fenn Gallery. However, Forrest ended up buying his partner out after he found and married his wife, Peggy, and he would rename the gallery the Fenn Gallery. Forrest was known as a prominent art dealer for the rich and famous. Outside of his art dealings, Forrest was considered a unique character. He was often called eccentric. He was also said to enjoy drinking buttermilk straight out of the bottle. Buttermilk. So is that just like thicker than heavy cream? What is buttermilk? I don't know. That, that It sounds gross, you guys. No, no, no. Not doing it. And Forrest, outside of his art gallery, would still have a pretty adventurous life. One time he even shot a mountain lion, climbed into the canyon to retrieve it, and tied himself to a tree limb to attach the rope to the mountain lion so he could get it out of the canyon for the $50 bounty from the Cattlemen's Association. He also owned two alligators, Beowulf and Elvis, who lived outside of his gallery in an enclosure around the pond. So... I would say the alligators are a very interesting pet, (laughs) a very brave pet. His sense of adventure would only be heightened when he was diagnosed with cancer in 1988, which inspired him to create a treasure hunt to get people outdoors to search for his buried treasure. It seemed that this adventure was inspired by his diagnosis He planned to take his treasure and hide it in a special location and would then end his suffering and leave the treasure for people to find. But instead, Forrest would beat his cancer and decided in 2010 to self-publish his book and send people on the hunt anyway. Forrest figured with a recession coming that this would be something that would still give people hope and get them outside. But his treasure hunt would not really take off for another three years until his book and the idea of a treasure hunt were aired on an episode of the Today Show, bringing a lot of publicity with it. So at this point, he publishes his book and three years go by before it really becomes a big deal. So for three years, his treasure this one to two million dollar treasure is just sitting in the woods and not a lot of people are looking for it. So with his treasure hunt taking off, stories would come out about him, some exaggerated, some made up, and some very true. 
The hunt and the people in it were compared to a cult-like atmosphere because the people looking for his treasure would become obsessed with Forrest himself, which they're trying to find a treasure that he has hidden. They have this one poem to go by, but they are devouring any information about him to try to help them come up with where he might have put this treasure. And he seemed to enjoy the notoriety that this was bringing him. But searchers would go looking and they would put themselves in dangerous situations. It is estimated that more than 350,000 people went searching for the treasure and at least five of them would lose their lives. So... He's aired on the Today Show in 2013. It would be 2016 before a man named Randy Belay would lose his life. Randy was born on February 21 of 1961. He spent most of his adult life working in restaurant management and moved into sales and retail. His family said he loved sports, whether it be playing or watching them. He often rooted for the Denver Broncos, the Detroit Tigers, or the New York Giants. Because of his love of sports, he had dreamed of opening an extreme sports camp for kids that he hoped to call self-esteem sports. And when he went looking for Fenn's treasure, he would leave behind his ex-wife, his two daughters, and multiple grandchildren. He had spent most of his life in Florida, but after his divorce, he moved to Atlanta to care for his aging parents. And from there, he moved to Broomfield, Colorado. It was from there that Randy began his search for Forrest Fenn's treasure. He was said to have scoped out the area for about two weeks before his disappearance. The area he was looking at was a rocky part of the Rio Grande in New Mexico. It was a desolate area near Bandelier National Monument. He had brought along waiters, GPS, and his trusty companion, a little white dog named Leo. Now, after buying a raft, he set out on his mission with little Leo in tow, and this would be on January 5 of 2016. A little over a week after he left, a friend got worried and contacted his ex-wife, Linda, who reported him missing on January 14. They started the search right away, and on the 15th, they found Randy's raft and Leo. But there was no Randy. They also found his car, and in his car were maps with markings that would assist in narrowing down the search zone. So he had marked on this map some areas that he had scoped out or that he planned on searching, but the map was in his car. And there were limited supplies in the car or in the raft, so investigators believe that he did not plan on being gone very long. Like, they didn't think that he was going to be out searching for a week or two weeks or anything like that. On June 18 of 2016, months later, his remains would be found. He was discovered by a team of Army Corps of engineers that were working in the Rio Grande, They found him nine miles downriver from where his raft and Leo were found. So assuming he fell into the water and ended up nine miles downriver because I doubt that he left his raft and his dog 
and walked nine miles away from them. Due to decomposition, Randy's cause of death remains a mystery. But during the time Randy went missing, the temperature at night had dropped to below freezing. And that combined with the difficult terrain led investigators to believe that the elements could have gotten him, especially if he had fallen in the river. Also during that time, a major snowstorm had come through, making the area even more treacherous. With no skeletal injuries like broken bones, this left theories like dehydration, hypothermia, or even a heart attack. Also, Randy did suffer from high blood pressure, which could have led to some or other issues. And Randy was 55 years old at the time of his death. Now, this does not seem to slow anyone down. Often people out looking for the treasure were faced with risks and some would attempt to travel through treacherous areas, water, some had to be rescued by rangers, others got lost overnight, and many spent thousands of hours researching different places to look. There were actually a ton of like forums and chat groups dedicated to where people thought this treasure might be. Although from what I've heard, I think a lot of people were overthinking the poem and the clues that they could find. One woman named Katya even sold everything she owned and moved to New Mexico to be closer to where she believed the search area was. She spent seven years of her life and over $75,000 trying to find the treasure. Now, after Randy's death, there were people, including Randy's family, who called for Forrest Fenn to call off this search, to bring the treasure out of the woods and stop people from looking for it, but he refused. He felt like too many people had invested time and money into trying to find this treasure, and he did not want to take it away from them. Now... The next person to lose their life would be Jeff Murphy, who was in Yellowstone National Park looking for Fenn's treasure when he went missing and was later found deceased. He was 53 years old at the time of his death, and he was from Illinois. He was said to have driven from his home to the National Park. He had arrived at the park on June 8 of 2017, a year after Randy's remains had been found. He planned to hike up the Rescue Creek Trail, and when his wife did not hear back from him, she called to report him missing and informed them of his plan and said that he was out there looking for Forrest Fenn's treasure. I do wonder how search and rescue and the rangers and law enforcement felt about this treasure hunt. Jeff's body would be found the next day on June 9, and he was 500 feet below Turkey Pen Peak. It was fully agreed upon that his death was an accident after what looked like he had slipped and fallen. But Jeff's wife has said that she does not hold Ben accountable and hopes that the hunt will not have any negative reactions after her husband's passing. Forrest had been in contact with Murphy before he headed out, and after Murphy went missing, Fenn had offered to pay for a helicopter to help locate him. He also emailed Yellowstone 
and said that he had never been to the area where Murphy had fallen. So obviously Murphy's not even in the right area because Ben has never been there, meaning he could not have left his treasure chest there. Now, after this, Fenn did release new clues and reminders for the treasure. Like when he hid it, Forrest was roughly 80 years old. So for people to keep that in mind when taking large risks, he said those probably should not be needed. Forrest also released that his treasure was not underwater or near the Rio Grande that it was not necessary to climb up or down steep areas, nor would you need to move large rocks. He also informed the community that it was not under anything man-made. Forrest Fenn released this information trying to remind people that he just wanted people to get outdoors and to have fun, to get younger people away from the screens and into the wilderness. But these new hints... And new warnings did not stop more people from dying. So then we have Pastor Paris Wallace. Paris Wallace was born on February 18 of 1965 in Oakland, California. Paris, along with his parents, brother, and sister, would relocate to Grand Junction, Colorado during his childhood. And he would go on to graduate from Palisade High School, where he was accepted into Bob Jones University in North Carolina. He had plans to go and study law, but he found himself graduating with a pastoral studies degree instead. While working towards his degree, Paris met and married the love of his life, Mitzi, and they would get married in August 1986. They went on to have two sons. Through the church, Paris found himself traveling to different states like Georgia, Texas, and back to the state of Colorado, where he would become the lead pastor of Connection Church in Grand Junction. It is through his faith that Paris found and sought adventure. He traveled through ministries to spread the word of God and never turned down local delicacies or new activities to learn. He went out in search of Forrest Friend's treasure in June of 2017, and he would be reported missing on June 14 after he failed to arrive at a meeting with his family. After being reported missing, the police were able to access his last known location using cell phone records, and using these, they were able to locate his vehicle. Near the vehicle, they found a rope that was tied across one of the Rio Grande's tributaries. They searched downstream from the rope, and they were able to find a backpack that they believed belonged to Paris. His body would be found on June 19 of 2017 on the banks of the Rio Grande after what seemed like an attempt to cross near the Ties Junction Bridge. So now we have three people that have lost their lives searching for this treasure. Then we have Eric Ashby. He was 31 at the time that he went searching for Fenn's treasure. Eric was born in Florida had four siblings, and was an amazing brother, son, and uncle. When he was a young child, he moved to the Smoky Mountains where he learned of his love for the outdoors, being in nature, and grew to be a real adventurer. He was also said to be quite smart and inquisitive. 
So when he learned of Forrest Fenn's riddle, it sparked his interest. In April of 2016, he packed up and moved to Colorado to be closer to the hunt. This literally becomes like an obsession for people. After over a year of planning, Eric, along with a group of friends, and we're going to say we don't really know if these are his friends or not, would set off in search. It was on June 28, 2017, just about two weeks after Paris's death, that Eric, alongside his four companions, would be last seen on the Arkansas River. It is said that the five were planning to use a raft to cross the Arkansas River near Sunshine Falls in Royal George, Colorado, an area that is known for its Class 5 rapids. Now, in some reports, it is stated that the entire raft flipped over and Eric never resurfaced. But in other accounts, it says that Eric was the only one to fall into the water and that the four companions, friends, whatever they were, saw him clinging to a rock before getting washed away. Now, these four friends did not call for help. It was actually a photographer who was watching from above that called 911. And when rescue arrived at the scene, Eric's four companions were gone. Rescuers searched by helicopter and used a rescue swift water team. They also had CPW officers to search until dark, but nothing was found. And because no one was technically reported missing and everyone had left, Authorities thought that maybe he had made it out safely, because why would his friends leave him? I do wonder, though, if they were doing anything illegal at the time. You know, there's a lot of places where you have to have a permit. There's a lot of places you're not supposed to go without training or without um, paying fees, things like that. So could they have taken off because they were somewhere they weren't supposed to be? I don't know. It took over a week before one of these companions notified Eric's family, which is when Eric was officially reported missing. This was around July 5, when searching finally resumed. And after a month of searching, a body was found on July 28 of 2017, and it was about 15 miles downriver from where Eric was last seen. And due to decomposition, they actually had to use DNA in order to identify him. Fuck. The DNA results came back on January 26 of 2018, confirming the remains to be Eric Ashby. Eric's family would work to get legislation changed on duty to report laws in order to prevent something like this from happening again. The new law would be called Eric's Law, Basically, if you see someone struggling for their life in any fashion, you must call for help. I think that sounds fair. Not only is there controversy about this treasure hunt because people are dying, but also people are breaking the law. They're doing this in national parks. They are wandering and camping without permits. They are digging in areas where you're not allowed to dig. They're bringing metal detectors into the parks. People were cited and charged for damaging 
cultural artifacts, and starting fires within the national park system. So yeah, lots of people. It kind of reminds me of the episode that we did on um, Stairway to Heaven, where so many people are breaking the law that the government just wants to shut the whole thing down. I imagine they felt the same way about this treasure hunt. Then we have Michael Wayne Sexton, who was born on October 6th of 1966 and was 53 at the time of his death. He lived in Colorado and him and a friend took off to find the treasure on March 17 of 2020. The pair rented snowmobiles while in Dinosaur National Monument to get to the location that they thought the treasure was in. They brought with them Fenn's book, a few water bottles, and a couple of candy bars. So they did not plan on being out long. They were also reported to not be dressed for the weather. Later that day, the man that had rented them the snowmobiles called police when they had not returned. And on the 19th, the pair's truck would be found and the day following on the 20th, the snowmobiles would be found. That same day, about a mile away from the snowmobiles, the men would be found. And Michael was deceased when officers arrived, but his friend was still alive and would be hospitalized. Michael's death is reported as an accident and cause of death is the elements. His friend told officials that they got stuck in the snow and they tried to walk to where they could call for help. So this is 2020. Also in 2020, a man named Jack, who is 32 years old and a medical student from Michigan, would be searching for the treasure on Saturday, June 6th of 2020 in Wyoming, and he would find it. Jack learned about the treasure on Twitter in 2018, and he was instantly interested in the fact that no one had been able to find the treasure in eight years. So the riddle has been out for eight years. He actually said in an outside article that he had thought about it for at least a couple hours a day, every day since he had learned about it. He also said that he mostly kept his obsession private because he thought he would be embarrassed if he didn't find the treasure. So he didn't tell anybody that he was obsessing or planning or anything because he thought it'd be embarrassing to be like, yep, I didn't find it. He said that it took him back to his childhood when he was obsessed with the TV series called Push Nevada, which allowed viewers to solve real-life mysteries that carried a million-dollar prize. Never even heard of it. It took Jack two years to find the exact location of the treasure. He said that it took him probably 25 full days covered in pine pitch, scratches, bug bites, and sweat to find the spot. So that is 600 hours of frustration, exhaustion, and rethinking life decisions. Now, after finding the treasure, Jack immediately began the drive to Santa Fe because he wanted to deliver it to Fenn that very same day. It would be announced on the evening news that the treasure had been found. Fenn wanted word out ASAP, and part of this was Fenn thought 
it would be best to stop anyone else from continuing the search now that the treasure's not out there. And Jack wanted to remain anonymous for most of the year until he agreed to be named in an article for The Outsider. Jack had wanted to remain anonymous in fear of backlash. And there would be backlash. Hunters were mad and they believed that Fenn had never hidden the treasure and was simply ending the hunt. Fenn did post pictures of the treasure and some items that were in the chest, along with the state that it had been hidden in. And this seemed to help a little bit, but Jack did want to stay anonymous. But that would change when a lawsuit was filed claiming that the treasure was rightfully somebody else's. They claimed that the finder of the chest had stolen their solve, which is ironic because they didn't even know who he was, but he knew this would eventually force his name out in court. It was also decided by Jack and Fenn that the location would not be disclosed because they feared followers of the treasure would flock there and damage the area that was so special to both of them. Forrest Fenn passed away due to natural causes on September 7 of 2022, at the age of 90. He lived out his dream by creating this treasure hunt that captivated the world for years. As for Jack, after only knowing Fenn for a short amount of time, the two had developed a bond over the treasure. Jack didn't sell the chest right away, or even have it appraised, but finding the treasure really gave Jack a way out. He said, I was in kind of this sunk cost fallacy dead end where I didn't want to quit because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know how to pay off my loans if I didn't become a doctor. He said the chest was kind of his lifeline. Jack said that he wanted to honor Fenn's final wishes that would allow for the trunk to be on display, somewhere that all of the hunters of his treasure would be able to visit it. And on September 1 of 2022, Jack would sell the Fenn treasure in a private transaction. He went on to write a post on a platform called Medium about how he got to know Fenn through his writing. He said that he was able to find the treasure within the first year or find the area, knew where it was within the first year, but not just from the riddle. He said that he had to listen to Fenn's interviews for breadcrumbs about where it might have been. He also mentioned that he was able to learn about Fenn, who in his darkest moments had wanted to die in nature in a certain area, and that was where the treasure must have been. Forrest Fenn's treasure was the chance of a lifetime for many to live out their dreams of being a treasure hunter. Of the many people that invested their lives to finding this treasure, only one would be victorious. But the decade-long hunt was certainly an adventure. And the five people who lost their lives, Randy, Jeff, Paris, Eric, and Michael, they will never be forgotten and will live on in the story of Forrest Fenn's buried treasure. So... Crazy, crazy, crazy. And I would 100% want to go look for this treasure. Although reading the riddle, I'm not sure I'd be able to figure it out. But when there was questions about 
whether or not Jack was real. Like, did this man actually find the buried treasure? And he had written an article that was published anonymously, right? And he kind of talked about finding the treasure, he what led him astray, things that he overthought or looked into, and it ended up being a lot more simplistic than he initially thought it would be. But because he posted it anonymously, people lost their minds and they thought that this was actually... And so this was after Fen had died. And people thought that one of his relatives or one of his friends wrote this post to throw people off, that maybe there was no treasure or that maybe Fen had one of his friends collect the treasure. Even Douglas Preston came up, who's an author, a really good author. He writes with Lee Child, um, a bunch of books. I've read them all. They're they're good. But it was even suggested that maybe his writer friend, Douglas Preston, had written this original letter about finding the treasure. So it was kind of interesting to see how people just lost their minds. It's funny, too, if you look at the pictures of the treasure, there's like a pair of scissors accidentally ended up in there. And Forrest was like, I don't I don't know what I was doing. I don't know how a pair of random scissors ended up in my treasure chest, but they actually rusted <laughs> and got all over some other stuff. But it's pretty amazing. So there's a bracelet in there that he gave back to Forrest Ben. Um, so everything from the chest minus that and a couple items he kept for himself were sold to these private sellers who I think still we don't know what their plan with it is, if they're going to go towards an auction or it's been suggested like should they try to sell everything individually so that more people can have a piece of this treasure or should it be kept together? I actually... I really like the idea of selling it off individually so that people who spent this time and this investment and this money in searching for this treasure might be able to have a piece of it. Like, I feel like that would be pretty amazing. But that is the story of Forrest Fenn's buried treasure. What I want to know is how many of you would go looking for a buried treasure. And I mean, I would go looking for like a couple hundred dollars, let alone one to two million dollars. You can kind of see why so many people spent years of their life trying to find this treasure. I would be skeptical that it was really out there, especially after like eight years have gone by. I'd be like, there's no treasure This bored old man is fucking with all of us. But yeah, that is the story of Forrest Fenn. Thank you so much for tuning in. Come and visit the podcast on social media. Come and check out Patreon. You can support the podcast there. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye. One, two, three, four.